down. What is going on, Wisconsin sports fans? This is the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast, a podcast about Wisconsin sports hosted by two dads. My name is Robin Adams, co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. And this is McQuaid Arnold. I am also co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics, as well as the other half of the Cheese Dads podcast. So basically what we are doing here is starting this podcast as the Green Bay Packers begin their training camp. We'll bring you several episodes per week, both during preseason and the regular season. However, we will ramp up the number of episodes once the Bucks start playing too. As for the Brewers, we will discuss them, but since their season has already started and they play nearly every day, we're going to refrain from making a new episode after every game. After all, we are dads. So with that, let's get started. The Packers rookies are reporting for training camp today, and this includes Christian Watson, who finally signed his rookie contract with the Packers on Wednesday. McQuaid, what did you think of the long process of getting Watson signed? Were you worried at all? Uh, well, Robin, first of all, I'm going to go back and say we can do some Brewers podcasts when they beat the Cubs, all right? That's that, that's worthy of a podcast. But going on to, to Christian Watson, um, no, I'm not going to say that I was worried. I was never worried that he was going to play this season or be under contract. You know, these rookies, no matter when they're drafted, they're walking into – you know, from a college life to, to millions of dollars, right? So I never thought that he was not going to be signed or not play this year. However, I was worried a little bit that it was going to become a distraction. Either he wasn't going to be able to practice or he wasn't going to be able to show up to training camp. Um, fans were going to start 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 taking notice. I was just worried there was going to be some, some type of distraction. Uh, but thankfully, he got out of the way. Uh, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, and I do believe there's still a few guys out there in the NFL who have, have some rookies who have not signed yet. Um, so he's not the last one. Um, and, and crisis, whatever crisis there may have been, has been averted. Yeah, it's uh, becoming a more common thing with uh, a lot of the second-round rookies because of the guaranteed years and the guaranteed money. That's what he was really holding out for. He wanted part of the fourth-year contract guaranteed. Now, all rookies have their contracts already predetermined. Like, they can't have more mo- more years or more money than the four years I think it's around nine million dollars that they usually get in Christian Watson slot but it's only been like two years guaranteed and a couple years ago it went up to three years guaranteed and starting with Jordan Love at pick 26 he was the first one who wasn't a top like 15 pick to get his full four-year contract guaranteed and so these later round first round draft picks and the high second round draft picks have been wanting more of their contracts guaranteed i think i think and i believe this is the third year in a row that a wide receiver was taken 34th overall so that's that's thrown a, a kink into things as well as trying to get these these contracts signed and comparing them to the last year so I'm glad I got it, got it done, got out of the way, but um, it was definitely something that, that started to take notice, but I'm glad it's over with. Yeah, me too. Well, Watson is just one of 11 drafted rookies who will be reporting today. Additionally, 14 undrafted rookies are going to report as well. So we're going to go down the list of these guys and help everyone understand a bit of their scouting report and how they might fit if at all on the Packers roster so McQuaid I think we're going to start with Quay Walker the first guy that they drafted round one pick 22 what do you think of him you know I think that both first round draft picks um, are going to be asked to play a significant role in this defense um, almost from the jump you know I think maybe Devontae Wyatt a little bit more than Quay Walker but still Quay Walker is going to be asked to B, Devondre uh, Campbell's right-hand man is going to be asked to play. You know, Devondre Campbell, for, for, for what he did last year, uh, improving the pass defense for the, for the Green Bay Packers, uh, he never really blitzed, you know. Um, Quay Walker is going to be able to not only play the pass because he has that sideline and sideline speed, but they're going to be able to send him on a blitz. Uh, Green Bay may play some two inside linebackers on more consistent basis than we've seen since maybe the Nick Barnett days. 
Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to see him on the field at the same time with with Devonder Campbell and and just his speed and athleticism at that position. Yeah, I think so too. You know, he is got. I have it written down here. The fourth best odds to win Defensive Rookie of the Year at plus 100. Only Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Tribodeau, and Trayvon Walker have better odds, and he's tied with Cam- Kyle Hamilton. He had 65 tackles, 5.5 tackles for a loss, and 1.5 sacks as a senior. And when you're looking at the inside linebacker, you're not really looking for the sack number, but the tackle number, and like you said, the sideline to sideline speed. I think he's going to be an instant starter. I think he surpa- he surpasses Chris Barnes on the roster there. Um, I, I really liked the pick. And, of course, he's a Georgia Bulldog, much like Eric Stokes. And the next guy on our list, Devontae Wyatt. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really see Devontae Wyatt as a day-one starter. I think that Kenny Clark, of course, is going to start at, at the defensive line. And then I also think that Jaron Reed is going to get some snaps at at starting too. But I think that Wyatt is going to eventually become the guy. Reed is only on a one-year contract, and I think that Wyatt's going to take the year to learn behind two of the best and be a really good piece for the future. You know, I think that that you make a really good point that on this defense, that's that's going to be Wyatt's role. I think that almost on on maybe 28 other teams, and that's just uh, a a shot-in-the-dark number, um, that Devontae Wyatt would be the one of the starters day one, right? He is a legitimate day one starting caliber rookie, right? But Green Bay just happens to have Kenny Clark and Jaron Reed, who both have are just have been dominant defensive tackles in in their in their career before. So Devontae Wyatt may not be a, a day one starter, but it's all, strictly in my opinion only because of the situation he's walking into, not because of his talent. There's there's there is a plethora of teams out there that would start him day one next to their defensive tackle number one. You know, it's interesting that I I feel like the Packers have drafted defense for the last several drafts in a row. Even though Packers fans are constantly asking for a wide receiver in that first round, but they always go with defense. And what it's turned into is that they have these great starters on defense. Rashawn Gary is a first-round pick. Kenny Clark... I think was a first round pick and you know it pays off in the future even if he's not a starter day one I think that he's going to end up being a really dominant piece next to Kenny Clark yeah I mean that's just half of it you got you got Jared Alexander Eric Stokes um Kenny Clark was a first round draft pick Rashawn Gary uh I believe Darnell Savage was a first round draft pick those are all it's those are all that's the core of the defense right there I mean it's it's incredible yeah absolutely but speaking of wide receivers, we get to Mr. Watson, who was their uh, second-round pick. The Packers traded two second-round picks to move up in the draft to take Watson at pick 34. He came from North Dakota and was in a very run-heavy offense. So his numbers, while they were really good, also were not as good as they could have been if they he was in a pass-first offense. I have 2019 stats down. He averaged just about three catches a game, but 21.5 yards per reception. So he had 34 receptions, 743 yards, six touchdowns. And then in 2021, a little less than four catches per game, 18.6 yards per reception, in the whole season, 43 receptions, 801 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, do you think a lot of people, when they first drafted Christian Watson, Christian Watson, they were like, yes, this is the guy, finally. And he's going to replace Devontae Adams. But I don't think so. What do you think? No, so I was excited about Christian Watson. I, at first, however, was not excited about giving up two seconds for him. I'll be honest. Um, I think it was a little bit rich to give up to give up that much for him. However, side note, I do want to just put out there that, you know, the Minnesota Vikings single-handedly allowed the Detroit Lions to trade for Jamison Williams and single-handedly allowed the, the Green Packers to trade for Christian Watson. So here's to, you know, hoping that those two wide receivers terrorize the Vikings for years to come. However, back to on topic, I think that Christian Watson was a great second-round pick. However, I don't know if he was a give-up two picks for – 
a second round pick type of player. Now, what I will say is, is the only knock against this kid is his drops, right? Which, you know, everyone knows um, Devonta Adams had that same issue early in his career. What I do want to say, right, is what you just said is three receptions per game averaging, right? Um, for, for, it, for, his, for, for, for that whole senior year, 2019, I believe you said, whichever one it was. That one, that is, that is absurd, right? Now, you want to talk about dropping passes, right? When you're only getting maybe three to, to six targets per game, right? You're going to drop passes when it doesn't, when you don't get the ball thrown to very often, when you're, when you're very sparingly used, I guess is the best word to say. You get out there and you have Aaron Rodgers start zipping you the ball on a consistent basis. You start getting used to catching the ball, having 10, 15 targets per game. Those drops are going to go down simply because they're in the NFL. They're, they're, I'm not saying that people don't have drop problems in the NFL, but you're in the NFL. You're, you're going to be where an NFL ca- is going to be being trained by NFL caliber trainers. The drops, I'm not necessarily worried about, right? That's something that with a higher volume, I think, will correct itself within the player himself. And he has everything else, the, the, the tangibles, the RAS score, the height, the speed, the, the, the strength. This kid is a machine at the wide receiver position, and he has all the potential in the world. Um, I really do think so. I am just – I'm a little hesitant on giving up two first round, two second-round picks for him, which kind of equate to, to one first-round pick, so we will see. But um, really the sky's the limit for this kid. He can do whatever he wants in, in this offense. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up because the Packers did try to get him in the first round. They offered the Vikings the two second rounds for the last pick of the first round. But the Vikings would not do the deal because they did not want the Packers to get the fifth-year option. Yep, yep. With him as a as a first-round pick, so I think that he's going to be more of an MVS type player just because of his size and his speed, and as a downfield threat. Whereas Devontae Adams was more of a diverse wide receiver, where he could play the slot, he could line up outside. Uh, we're going to talk about another wide receiver later on that I think is going to be quite exciting. But, you know, when we talk about replacing Devontae Adams, when you have a guy that catches 163 passes or it gets 163 targets throughout the entire season, like there's no one wide receiver other than another Devontae Adams that's going to get that kind of attention from Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be a combination of guys, I think. I think that... Uh, Watson is going to be more of an MVS type guy where he's got the speed. He can uh, fly down the field and he'll be that deep threat. And I'm not too worried about the drop passes. Like you said, Devonte Adams had that early in his career. Uh, MVS of course had the infamous 2020 season with the drop problem. He had a 11.1% drop catch rate. And then he came back in 2021 and dropped exactly zero passes all year. It's a it, it can be a problem for a couple of years, maybe three years, but if a guy's got any talent and has a second-round pick, he certainly does, I think it's going to fix itself eventually. Well, that brings us to the third, uh, our third pick, our third-round pick, Sean Ryan. What do you think of him? You know, I think that Green Bay taking so many offensive linemen in, in this draft really speaks volumes to – you know what they lost in the uh, um, in the offseason, losing losing Lucas Patrick to the to the Bears and Billy Turner to the um, Broncos. But at the same time, I mean, I think it also speaks where the guys they drafted specifically, almost all of them are versatile, right? The this is the first sentence of Sean Ryan's um, draft profile: three years starter with the potential to offer team positions at either tackle or guard. That's the very first thing to say about him, right? And that is extremely important for what we see going forward, right? David Bottieri starts week one. He doesn't start week one. We have no idea. So it's going to be nice to have a guy that maybe could quickly go to tackle if we need him to. But I really like Sean Ryan on the inside. I think that he is going to compete for that right guard spot uh, week one, day one. Um, he's going to compete with David Bottieri for the best hair on the team. We've already discussed that. Um, he, he's, he's a good pick. He, he's one of those classic Packers picks um, that, that – and in his third round, third round is pretty high, you know, to be honest with you, for, for offensive linemen for the Packers. Usually they, 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 they strike gold in that four to six range. But, you know, third round, they, they, they took him, and I think there's a reason for it. He's going to be a, a day one immediate impact player for the uh, offensive line. And then on top of that, 
Adam Sinovich is an offensive line wizard, right? There's a reason why we let um, Luke Getze go. I'm not going to say there's a, there's a reason why we let our offensive coordinator go. Um, uh, his name is escaping me, our offensive coordinator from last year. Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, I apologize. Well, he's going to be a head I'm, coach. Of course he's going to leave exactly. to be a head yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to say there's a reason why we left it, but – you know, there's a reason why we held on to Adam Senevich is because he's an offensive lineman wizard. And we'll, I think we'll see that this year with, with all, all three of these offensive linemen, especially Sean Ryan. Yeah, I think so too. I, I really like him. I like that he's versatile. I think that with the questions surrounding the health of certain offensive linemen going into the season, that it's going to be important to have a guy that can play multiple positions on the line. So I really liked that draft pick, and I loved the hair. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting to my favorite draft pick, Romeo. Oh, Romeo. Tell me what you like about Romeo. Romeo Dubs. I mean, not only is he turning heads right away at, at uh, training camp, or, or I should say OTA's mini camp when the rookie showed up, but um, he constantly produced no matter, you know, I think it was, I don't have his stats in front of me, almost all four years in, in, in college. Um, he's he's immediately making an impact um, in the in the Packers offense now. If Christian Watson, Christian Watson feels like that boomer bust type of player. He's going to be one of the best things we ever drafted, or he's not going to be much at all. Romeo Dubs really feels kind of like that consistent player. We're gonna, we know what we're going to get each and every week, um, and I'm honestly really really excited to see what he does um, in this offense. I, I got it right here. Um, 500 yards, 600 yards, 1,000 yards, and 1,100 yards. So he ended the season, his college season uh, with back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, in, in those two seasons, 2020 and 2021, he had 20 touchdowns, nine in one year, 11 in the other year. So he finds the end zone. Um, he, uh, he, they, he, he's got great potential, I think, in this offense. Yeah, I really like him too. And the thing that really stuck out to me was the 80 receptions last season. Like 80. We talk about yeah, that's, that's now, a lot. For he's not going to be the guy to replace Devonte Adams, like we said. No one, no one guy is going to p- replace Devonte Adams. But if you need a wide receiver that can eat up targets and catch like catch the ball at a consistent rate, like he is the best wide receiver in my opinion that they drafted. I think he's going to be an immediate impact on this offense. He he could be a day one starter over Christian Watson. However, Christian Watson, may, even though Christian Watson may have the higher ceiling. He could be that day one starter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What about Zach Tom? You know, another one of those those versatile offensive linemen. Um, I believe Zach Tom was was the uh, the Wake Forest. I believe he was the 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 you know when we first drafted him, he was the kid that lined up across from that Florida State first round draft pick defensive end. Uh, had fifty or, or forty five um, uh, pass pass protection snaps against him and didn't allow a, allow a single uh, pressure, let alone sack. Uh, four-year starter, four-year starter, excuse me, uh, in college. Um, he's going to be someone that, again, Green Bay is going to do whatever they want with. Um, he's, he was impressive as a, as a tackle, despite lack of desired size or strength. Um, but in the pros, they project him as, as a guard, right? So that's another versatile person right that you you see him uh not only right have a ton of experience at at tackle but have that that guard makeup that that you know the Packers could utilize so they're gonna Green Bay is gonna do whatever they want with him and and he's he's another one to to compete for that right guard spot but also possibly right tackle if uh we, we need that position to uh to in uh training camp yeah I had in my notes that he's another uh Stanovich project because of that versatility kind of like a, a jack of all trades but master of none type thing in college yep. uh, he played really well against his competition but the scouting report shows some some weaknesses in in the footwork and uh playing against uh bigger defensive linemen that may need a little bit of development but certainly all the potential is there and as we have said stenovich is the Best at bringing out the best in his linemen, so pretty excited about that one. Another guy I'm excited about, 
is Sir Kingsley. Kingsley and Gabare. You know, I don't know if there is a was a fifth round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, who's gonna have more? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if hype is the word or or expectations than, than this kid is. Uh, he's stepping into honestly a a a prime position. You are the de- you are automatically the defensive end number three on a team, or most likely the defensive end number three on a team with a two headed monster in Gary and Smith. There is not a single thing that they're going to ask of him to do on day one in Green Bay. However, he's going to be allowed to learn from these two guys and then come in in rotation uh, when they need him to. Kingsley Ngabare, he he was a a standout in the SEC. Some of his his, uh, uh, win percentage rate, his pressure rate was top of the class in in the SEC, which is, as we all know, uh, one of the best conferences in college football. Um, This kid, he is walking into a situation that not many get, and, and his talent is there. I think we got a steal of where we got him at uh, in the what was it, the fifth round. Yeah, we drafted him in the fifth round. I was reading about the uh, Packers' assistant director of college scouting, Patrick Moore. They asked him why he had fallen so far, and he said, well, there was a leg injury that kept him out, but then also the weight fluctuation. And... Moore said it wasn't necessarily his fault. He thinks he got some bad advice when he got hurt on how to best treat the injury and recover from it. And he put on some weight and then lost some weight and then put on some weight. And so there was some concerns about that weight fluctuation. But the Packers are pretty confident that with their staff giving him good advice that that's not going to be a good issue. But that is why he fell all the way to the fifth round. Otherwise, he would have been drafted a whole lot higher than fifth round. And I mean, you got to think about it. You're going to the NFL. You're going to have, you know, the the best of the best nutrition supplements and advice for you 24 seven. So whatever weight fluctuation, that's that's that should not be a thing in the NFL for him going forward. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, me too. Um, Packers did not have a sixth round pick. They traded down. So they could get four seventh-round picks. So let's go through those guys. Um, Tariq Carpenter was their first one. I really liked him. Uh, 65 tackles, one for loss, two pass deflections as a senior. And and he was a safety, but he's not going to play safety in the NFL. I mean, he might. But he projects more as a linebacker. I think it's going to be very interesting to see <clears throat> what he does in on this defense. Now, honestly, you know, I, I, I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm a little little skeptical of of Terry Carpenter. You know, I'm I'm excited for him. I think that he's going to be be able to contribute to this defense. You know, honestly, first things first, shouldn't even talk, talk about defense. We got to see all four of these uh, fourth or, or seventh round picks do something on special teams. You know, that's going to be a focus for this team. But if he, you know, does produce on special teams and shows he can be a gunner and give it all in every single play on special teams, whether or not he comes into the to, to this defense, you know, he's 225. He weighs 225 pounds, 6'4". Um, I don't know if, if that's going to cut it, to be honest with you, for um, a linebacker. I'm, I'm a little skeptical, you know, seeing him go uh, switch that position. We're going to see him, you know, obviously be able to develop behind uh, – um, Walker and Devonder Campbell, but I mean, for example, like Quay Walker, he's 240 pounds, you know, so he's he's going to be light for that linebacker position. Now, am I saying that there's no, you know, quality linebacker out there that weighs 225 pounds? No, but switching positions, it's early in the career. I'm just pumping the brakes on him, and I'm hoping for him to see some uh, some solid special teams play before we talk about you know hybrid linebacker slash safety role in this defense. Yeah, you brought up a good point with the special teams. You know, I remember reading around the draft that with the seventh-round picks, the main guy making the calls was the special teams coordinator because they really wanted to hit special teams with those picks. And with the question about how well he would play safety in the NFL and the question of how well he'd play linebacker in the NFL – Special teams is really going to be the way that he makes the team. 
Now, granted, the yeah. Packers are really shallow at the safety position. I mean, you got Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, and then after that, you got Squat. I mean, there's Vernon Scott. No thanks. Ty Summers. No thanks. Like, I think the thing they got what Sean maybe it was Sean Davis or or can't remember yeah. the the name for sure. Then they they may be high on him or, or have some faith in him, but I don't. Know. Uh, yeah, you're right. You know, and that that kind of speaks speaks to it. You know what I mean? The Packers are already you know thin at safety position, and they already converted this guy from safety. So I mean, to just pop, I'm 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 a little skeptical, but but Trey Carpenter, but but I'm I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. I really like him. I think he makes a team on special teams. I think he's going to be a really good guy. What about Jonathan Ford? Now, this is a guy that I'm skeptical on. Uh, he has, I mean, he's a big guy, and he's strong. And that's about it. When it comes yeah, to like, having to move to plug gaps, he's really slow. If an offensive feels- lineman moves to block him faster than he can move, he is pretty much useless. Yeah, I mean, 6'5", 333 pounds. He's a big dude. He's going to take you know take up space. He's going to take on blockers. Uh, I don't know if he's going to move the line of scrimmage. I don't know if he's going to be able to um, contribute much to, to the defensive line. So then another one. You look at another special teams player who – at his size, you know, you're just hoping for him to be lining up blocking on that on that kick return or, or, or uh, no, not even punt return, just kick return. You know what I mean? Um, line up and, and block it back there. So um, the the all three, all four of these seventh round guys are gonna have to prove themselves in, in more ways than just the, what their position title says. But um, he's gonna have, he might have the, the 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 toughest route there is at his size. Yeah, I agree. If the Criteria to make the team is to block better than Tyler Lancaster. I hope he can make it because I think I could block better than Tyler Lancaster. That's right. We'll have to, That's see. Rough. We'll have to yep. see. What about Rashid Walker? Now, this is another offensive lineman. The Packers have a really interesting dilemma at offensive line because if everyone's healthy they are super deep but we don't know if everyone's healthy i mean we don't even know if our top guys are healthy you know david Bakhtiari and and then you know elton jenkins i think it's pretty safe to say that he's going to be um he won't start the season but you know when will he come back you know rashid walker he's another big dude six foot six 313 pounds played tackle at penn state so <clears throat> If you're going to take a shot at a seventh round guy on 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 in the uh, offensive or defensive line, you know, take it from the Big Ten. Um, he plays that that nitty gritty football, that 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 down in the you know. If he's going up against Big Ten offensive and defensive linemen, you know they're they they they've been been battle tested. Um, but he fell for for a reason. We're going to see, you know, what happens um, with with his competing on the on the offensive line but he also he missed the end of 2021 due to a season injury to a do to an injury so you know we're gonna see we're gonna see you know if he comes in healthy if he's able to turn some heads um he's gonna be another but but hey you know offensive lineman is one of those positions on this team that if you step up you're gonna you're gonna play because they are so thin in some positions but in other positions they're not thin but it's just a whole bunch of question marks you know what i mean so he could be he could be that person that steps up, and and you know it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he does enough to make the make the fifty three. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the health. Like we know Elton Jenkins is going to be out, like you said, but David Bakhtiari is fifty fifty on being ready for training camp, which is just crazy None to me. I don't, I don't know. That has come out about him this off season has been good. So yeah, I mean. Good thing Stenovich. I'm, I'm just glad Stenovich stayed around because we need we need him more than almost any other coach, in my opinion. Honestly, you might be right. I mean, obviously, Malifor is going to be big for the um, scheming guys open and, and making up all those Devonta Adams targets. But man, you know this offensive line. There's talent there. That's the thing is there's talent there, and there's going to be um, there's going to be. A, a fight, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna just be, you know, lowest man at total pole gets the job. This is gonna be a fight to make this offensive line 
but you know it, it, it the same in the same breath we need healthy and we need to uh um we need to see them them produce you know earn earn their spot yeah i agree all right their final draft pick why don't you talk about him first samari torre i think this is going to be a guy that a lot of people are expecting to make the roster for special teams purposes this could be a guy that contributes on kick return punt return because of where he was drafted because of um you know where he he, he went to uh last year was at nebraska very very positive because he had one year at, Lebra- at nebraska and then led the team he had 46 receptions and 900 yards and five touchdowns that that's for a big 10 team right that, that's pretty darn good right um he had third team all big 10 honors you know he's, he's going to be someone that that I think that, it, that if he makes a team and, and, he, and, he, and he does enough to contribute on special teams, that, that he was a steal in this draft. He's literally our last draft pick. But honestly, to be honest, he, he could be a, the biggest seventh-round impact that we have in this year's draft. Yeah, I agree. He had a really nice season at Nebraska. I think it was 898 yards Yep. with that. But he really dominated when he was at um, his old school. I think it was Montana. Yeah, the Montana Grizzlies. I mean, this is a guy who I think had over 1,400 yards receiving at one point for them in in a season. I think it was 2019 where he just lit that conference on fire had over 1,400 receiving yards and just was, yeah, it was two, 2019, 1,495 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns. That's just ridiculous. Like, it came out of nowhere. I think that if he had been in Nebraska or another bigger conference longer, he would be a lot higher than a seventh-round pick. I think he's going to make the team. I think it's going to be on special teams. But I would not be surprised if he is not a contributing member of the wide receiver core in a year or two. You know, I think that, that he is a very good um, um, equanimity of St. Brown comparison. You know what I mean? I think he's going to – but a better returner. You know, at EQ, he never really got back on the punt returns, kick returns. I think that's what Samari Torrey could could 100% contribute to. Uh, but you know, in the same breath, he could come in on those. Remember, even last year, twenty twenty one, EQ Saint Brown had some of those just random um, reverse plays that he got the ball to, or or jet action go, where they just flipped the ball to him. That could be something that that Samaritori contributes to the offense. Uh, just a little wrinkle here and there that Matt Lafleur decides to throw in there. But um, I think he's going to give be given all the opportunities in the world to to be that returner on both kick return and punt return. Yeah, I think so, too. So that wraps it up for the drafted rookies. Now we're going to get into the undrafted rookies. We're going to do a little bit of a quick hit here. Uh, tell us what we're going to tell, what we like about them, and more so if we think there's a future for them on the team. So we're going to start with two running backs, B.J. Baylor and Tyler Goodson. Honestly, I don't think either of them make the team. <laughs> and that Patrick Taylor is your guy at the third running back and only because Kylan Hill is still rehabbing from a torn ACL. I think that if Hill was healthy, Taylor wouldn't make the team. I think that these guys are going to get their chances as camp bodies. Maybe one of them will make the practice squad, but I don't really see a future for them on the team. I think that if of these two, if one does make it, it's going to be Tyler Goodson. Because I'm um, again partial to the Big Ten. He ran between the tackles, you know, north and south against Big Ten front sevens. Uh, he ran behind a Big Ten offensive line. He knows what he's looking for. I'm just not saying the running backs don't, but I, you know, if if I had to pick one, I would pick Tyler Goodson to come in and, and shoot for that, you know, wide or running back three role. Yeah, I could see that happening. What about Cole Schneider? Why don't you tell us about him? So we're going to be getting into some guys that are really, um, you know, hit or miss. But every year, right, we get we get a few guys that um, 
are undrafted that make the team, right? Cole Snyder, uh, a center, right? Offensive lineman, um, another depth player. We're going to see, like, I mean, like we talked about earlier, the offensive line is going to be from top to bottom. If you show up and show out, um, you're going to get a chance to, to be on the team. He appeared in 49 games with 47 starts with the Central Florida Knights from 2017 and 21. Um, named first team All ACC in 2018 and in 2020. Uh, he he's succeeded where he's been, right? And if and if anyone's gonna get get something out of him, it's gonna be um, our offensive coordinator Adam Senevich. Um A lot of these offensive linemen that are going drafted, there there's not much better place to make the team than than uh, Green Bay for for undrafted offensive linemen. Yeah, and the same can be said about the next guy on our list, Jameer Johnson, offensive lineman, offensive tackle. 17-game starter at guard and tackle over three years at Tennessee before he transferred in 2021. Two sacks and 31 pressures at left tackle for Texas A&M. You know, like you said, this is a good place for him to be with Stenovich. We'll see what happens. You know, the Packers do this every year with the undrafted free agents. A lot of offensive linemen that come in, whether for, for camp and tryouts and things like that. And this is another guy that is going to get his fair shot. And it really is going to de- depend on what we see in preseason games. You know, remember last year, David Bakhtiari was going to be out. Elton Jenkins was still healthy, but there was that question mark with Bakhtiari having to recover from his knee, knee injury and what was going to be going on on the offensive line. Corey Lindsley was gone. And it wasn't until we saw Royce Newman and Yash Neiman in the preseason where that kind of solidified. And, I mean, Royce Newman was a pretty high – like, we, we expected him to be okay. We didn't expect him to be that okay in preseason. He had his struggles in the regular season. Towards the end of the year, he was, he was holding his own pretty good. But Neiman came out of nowhere uh, to be a really decent tackle for us especially after elton jenkins went down with that with his own torn acl but that just goes to show that you don't know how much you cannot have enough depth at the offensive line and jameer johnson uh or yeah jameer johnson he's going to be a good camp body and has a pretty decent chance of at least making the practice squad in my opinion Yep, and now speaking of um, offensive linemen, right? Caleb Jones is a tackle, right? That that green, that undrafted free agent in Green Bay. He's probably my favorite player, right? Undrafted player to make the team that's not a Wisconsin Badger, just because I'm partial. We'll get to him in a second. But Caleb Jones, this dude is six nine. He's three hundred and seventy pounds. He's a huge, massive human being. Uh, he started forty one games for the Indiana Hoosiers, so he started in the Big Ten. He started 41 games in the Big Ten at tackle. You're not going to tell me this guy's going to come in undrafted and not at least fight for that tackle, um, you know, one of the tackle positions. He, this kid is, is going to fight. Caleb Jones, mark his name down, put his name down in pencil if you want to. I think this kid is going to make the team, probably maybe as a backup. I'll, I'll give you that, obviously, but... I think he's going to fight for a, for a starting role. I, I love Caleb Jones and what he does, what he brings to this offensive line. Two thousand offensive snaps in four years at Indiana. That's insane. That's just ridiculous amount of, of experience. A lot of football. Speaking of the Big Ten, Danny Davis. Like Go I love the Wisconsin Badgers, man. But he's not making. <laughs> oh come on, he's he's my favorite. He's my favorite on draft. Well, he's like my favorite he's... too, but that doesn't mean I think he's gonna make the team. No, I think that hey. it, it, that's 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 fair. And and you know what? I think that he is a very 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 s- s- simmered down version of Christian Watson. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking like very very simmered. But he's, you, he's, like, he's, he's... I wouldn't even turn on the the stove. <laughs> I'm saying he is a, a, a you know wide receiver one for, for what was it, maybe a year and a half for a extremely run heavy offense in you know in five maybe seasons, the most run heavy offense in the history of football. History of football. In five seasons, right, for the Badgers, 
He finished with 131 receptions and 1,600 yards, right? 1,642 and 14 touchdowns. Now, he also had 245 rushing yards, so he threw that in there. I think that, that uh, being realistic, I think that Danny Davis is going to compete with Samari Toure for that returner job. Um, you know, it comes down to your last seventh-round pick or an undrafted free agent. I don't think there's going to be much. I think it's going to be who who actually shows up. You know what I mean? Who who plays better? I don't think that, I don't think Samara Tour is going to have an advantage just because he was drafted. Um, yeah, I think you're right. You know, maybe it's a long shot for Danny Davis to make the roster. But hey, darn it, I'm saying it right now. Danny Davis makes the roster 53 as our return man just because he was Wisconsin Badger. Yeah, I wasn't even impressed with him at Wisconsin, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to be much of a much of a competition with Toure and Davis for return. I think Toure will blow him out of the water um, with that. But you know, you do you. Wisconsin runs runs deep deeper in your veins than me. Maybe that's because. <laughs> I choose Marquette over Wisconsin for basketball, but um, maybe it's just maybe we it's can just debate that another time. Yep. What about Mr. Byers? Akel Byers, defensive lineman, 6'3", 288 pounds out of Missouri. Um, you know, it's going to be, I think, this one, if we're getting into the, into the time where it's, you know, camp bodies, we're going to see if he steps up. I really have a hard time believing that any defensive lineman um in you know undrafted defensive linemen uh, make the roster on this team and then that brings me right into Hatui Patutu I'm sorry I'm saying that name wrong um but there's the two defensive linemen um that he went to Utah he's six six three three hundred and six pounds so a little smaller for defense tackles but I I think that these guys are gonna get good good uh playing time in the preseason they're gonna be good practice practice uh, camp bodies I just or excuse me training camp bodies I just I do not see a undrafted free agent defensive lineman coming in and, and, and making the roster on this team. Yeah, I agree because I think that uh, Jonathan Ford has a better, like, I don't think he's going to make the team. I think he'll end up on the practice squad, especially well, particularly because of Jack Heflin, who really came on strong at the end of the year for the Packers playing the same position. I think that defensive line all of a sudden is a strength for the Packers, whereas it was a weakness just, I don't know, two years ago? Nope. Last year? But I really don't see him making the team, and that's okay. I don't. I really don't see them making the practice squad either because... We, we, we just have so much depth. It is, it is such a deep position for the Packers, and I never would have thought that that would have been a thing. Now, going on next, right, I think that where it could get semi-interesting, right, for undrafted free agents is the linebackers, and we've got two of them, Caleb Bryce and Ellis Brooks, right? These two guys, right, uh, they could have a chance. They could have a chance to, to make the roster only because, you know, after um, uh, you got uh, Devontae uh, Campbell and then Quay Walker, after that, you know, like, like we mentioned, we still got a few guys on the, on the squad that had been there for – a few years, but really, uh, no, it's you know what? Be- we got Chris Barnes, and that's it. Like, <laughs> you can say, yeah, we have a few guys that have been here for Maybe Tyler like, last three years, or... but they're all crap. And <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly agree with you. I think that one of these guys is going to end up taking like that. You know, if we're going with three, four defense, and we're looking at Walker and Campbell as the two starters, then Barnes is the first one. And if we're going to keep four interior linebackers i think that one of these guys is going to be the fourth yeah and and we got one more chauncey manic from uh louisiana so we got ellis brooks from penn state right caliph bryce from florida atlantic and then chauncey manic from louisiana now these are all of my of those three I, I'm, I'm taking ellis brooks i think that he's going to be someone that that uh um can come in and, and be that special teams guy but also you know maybe maybe pop a little bit on screen on the defense um, he's going to be 47 career games at Penn State, making 27 stars, 230 tackles. He's someone that, that again, I get, I get it. I'm partial to the Big Ten, and I always will be. But you got it. You got any front seven or offensive line playing in the Big Ten for a significant amount of time, going undrafted anywhere, they're going to have a legitimate chance to make special teams, make the roster, um, and and be an impactful player in some aspect. And, and out of this group of linebackers, I'm picking Ellis Brooks. 
And how can you have the last name Brooks and not do well on the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I agree with you there. Raleigh Tashada, also a guy I think that has an outside chance of making the team. What about you? You know, these these uh, cornerback, these cornerback players, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Green Bay is very top-heavy on cornerback. They got the, possibly the, the three best or the, the best trio in the NFL and Alexander um, uh, Stokes and, and Rasul Douglas. But after that, you know, there was talk about bringing Kevin King back just to be our Please cornerback don't. number four. And, and, you know, it, it, nothing's happened yet. There's no, there's no rumors. I'm not saying that. However, if, if anyone is throwing around the, the name Kevin King on your squad to play the cornerback position, that means that you've got a depth issue and green Bay does. So you're talking about two guys. You got, um, Raleigh Texada from from um, Baylor, Baylor University, and then you've got Trey Sterling who played at Oklahoma State. So two, you know, r- relatively big schools play big games to play against good competition. Both these guys are going to get an opportunity, kind of like linebacker. You know what I mean? To to show what they got, right? Green Bay is going to be really looking at this 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 cornerback number four and five to make the squad, and linebacker four and five to make the squad, and. And one of these guys that, that honestly, if you're undrafted, free, undrafted um, free agent in Green Bay, offensive line, linebacker, and cornerback is your best bet to make the team on the on this team this year, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, personally, I think that one of them is going to make the team. I do not like the idea of bringing Kevin King back. We do <laughs> have Shamar Jean Charles. Uh, on the roster, who was a fourth-round pick last year, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. It's kind of a high draft pick. I don't think the Packers are ready to give up on him yet. Jerry Gray is probably the best defensive backs coach in the NFL, and he is on our staff. He's like the Adam Senevich on the defensive side. He's just a guru. I think that if uh, S... I think that if uh, what do they call him SJC is able to take a second year leap, I think that he is the fourth cornerback. But I would not be surprised if either one of these guys also could uh, compete for that role. In any case, I think that special teams is the way to go for for them. I think that if they're going to make the roster, it's going to be on special teams. Also, yeah. One of the best cornerbacks in recent Packers history, Mr. Tremont Williams, was an undrafted free agent. He, yep, he was. And Tamar Jean Charles was, was fifth-round pick, 2021, pick number 178. So, I mean, you're going up fifth-round pick against undrafted free agent. You know, he's he's going to have the advantage. Uh, but you're right, you know, Jerry Gray being that, that, that defensive backfield is going to be um, big for the secondary just going forward in the future and, and, and keeping that um, – that competitive uh, edge for uh, on the advantage of Green Bay. We we have Green Bay has one of the best cornerback rooms in the league right now. So anyone who makes the roster, you know, is gonna be learning from from some of the best. Yeah, they're the only trio of quarterback of cornerbacks to be ranked in PFF's top thirty-two corners in the entire NFL. They're the Packers, are the only team with three on that entire list. Wow. It, it's just insane. It's just insane. Now, like. Alexander is established as one of the best corners in the entire league, and he is now under contract for a really long time, so that's great. With Eric Stokes, we'll have to see if there's a sophomore slump with him, but he played extremely well as a rookie, especially for as often as, as he was targeted. Like Without Alexander, like quarterbacks just threw the ball at him all the time, and his completion percentage allowed was under 50%, I think. And then Rasul Douglas came out of nowhere. Yep. Rasul Douglas came out of nowhere, and opposing quarterbacks had a passer rating of 44.5 when targeting him. And this is a guy that has been in the league for years and bounced around with four practice squads before the Packers plucked him off the Cardinals practice squad. So, I mean, he got a three-year deal out of it. But I think that... On paper, looking at last year's stats and for Alexander 2020 stats, this is a really good cornerback room. But I think that there is a lot that needs to be proven that last year wasn't a fluke. 
Yeah, this is going to be a big. I mean, it's going to be a big test for them just because they're getting Jair Alexander back. You know, what I mean, they could be asked to play the same role they did last year, these starting perimeter corners for both of them, because they're going to ask Jair Alexander to play on the inside, play slot, follow a receiver. You know what I mean? Like they could be have the same responsibility. It's not going to get any easier for them just because Alexander is back. That is, that is so true. So true. So those are the rookies that we uh, that the Packers have coming into camp. I'm sure there are that there are going to be other camp bodies in that we are not aware of, that we are not able to give you a rundown on, and we sincerely apologize for that. But you know what? They're in green and gold, and we love them because they are ours. This has been the Cheese Dad's first episode podcast. We're going to come back at you really soon once training camp starts with a rundown of what we think uh, the roster is going to look like. Spoiler alert, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. <laughs> it's a pretty safe bet. Uh, thank you for tuning in for our first uh, first episode. It's been awesome. We're going to be around um, going over everything all season long. And uh, our next episode will be breaking down these guys that we just talked about, what we've seen at training camp, what we liked, and probably more importantly, what we didn't like and what the pro- some of the problems that we saw. Yeah. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at TheOtherRobin19 on Twitter. You can also follow Wisconsin Sports Heroics on Twitter, please, and Gridiron Heroics on Twitter. That'd be great. I also write for SportsNot. You can look for any of my material there. Where can people find you, McQuaid? I am at McQuaidWArnold on Twitter. You can also find me at Wisconsin Sports. Uh, Facebook page. They, the Facebook page is search for Wisconsin Sports Rokes and you will find all of our great content there. Um, anything Wisconsin Sports related that you want to find out or know about, you tune in there. And uh, recently we just we just picked up high school sports. So if you're interested in following high school, high school Wisconsin sports, we will have you covered. Seasons, I believe, are underway right now for football. Or excuse me, they're getting underway for football. Should be right around the corner. Uh, it's going to be a really good time. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you later.